This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air. Otago Access Radio, in partnership with Otago Polytech, brings you Blowing Bubbles. Blowing Bubbles brings you positive conversations with people in their bubbles around the world. How are people living their bubble lives? Working from home, keeping kids entertained, and staying connected and getting exercise. And how are these things presenting us with the opportunities to find new ways of living? Every weekday, the Sustainable Lens team of Samuel Mann, Shan Gallagher and Mara Karatai reach out from their bubbles to chat with interesting and positive people around the world. Broadcast on Otago Access Radio 105.4 FM and streamed and podcast on oar.org.nz and sustainablelens.org. Bringing connection, joy, kindness and peace in the days ahead. Welcome to Blowing Bubbles, positive conversations with people in their bubbles, their safe spaces around the world. I'm Samuel Mann in Sawyer's Bay, Dunedin, and I am joined from Fakatane by Mawera Karatai. Kia ora, Mawera. Kia ora, Sam. How's it going? It's going very well indeed. Now, we should say Happy New Year. Yes, Happy New Year to the listeners. We are recording this before Christmas, but I'm sure it's a Happy New Year. Yep. It's always, change is always good, and this is going to be a great year. 2022 is going to be the year where all of the goodness we've shown to each other um, over this whole pandemic time is going to reap rewards for us, I think. It will indeed. And who are we introducing for our first guest of the year? Um, It is my great pleasure to introduce Keir Russell. He is the owner and Imagineer at Creative Critters Design, and he's one of the managers for the Dunedin Midwinter Carnival, and I've just learned about giant lantern processions. So that was really cool. Uh, so uh, thank you, Kia, for joining us today, and we're looking forward to our kōrero. Not a problem. Kia ora, both of you. Glad to be here. Kia ora, Kia. Where are you, Kia? So I'm in Dunedin. I have my studio based in Cavisham at the moment, though probably moving in the new year to a new space and just enjoying uh, the lovely community around here at the moment, enjoying the sun and a wee lunch break. So we've been asking people about their, their bubble life and we have now have to talk about several bubble lives in a traffic light. We'll just go back to to talk through the process quite quickly and then get on to to where we're going, particularly as it's New Year. So let's talk about your bubble life last year. How was your bubble life in the first lockdown? In the first lockdown, I actually ended up designing a piece of PPE, a type of face shield. And my initial bubble actually ended up being in my studio working with two other people distance as we produced um, emergency PPE for, uh, we basically supplied the whole South Island with face shields uh, along with some other people. And uh, that, that ended up going off to the New Zealand Design Awards for, for the doing good. So my initial bubble was actually 10 hour work days of, of madly, madly trying to uh, help our healthcare workers. Honestly, the the second one was a lot more calm for me. What led to to that? Because most of us went home and watched Netflix, but you decided to to take action. What so led to that? I have had the ability. So, um, if you remember, in the first lockdown, there were lots of concerns about uh, PPE shortages and what sort of PPE that should be available for people. 
And in my studio at Creative Critters, uh, I have a large laser cutter and rooms that we could set up as sterile spaces. And I am a designer, so I did something (laughs) by designing a piece of PPE that we could produce in less than a minute. And I open sourced the design and sort of gave it to the world for free. So I've... uh, I've got pictures of soldiers getting issued it in Peru and I know of it getting used across India and Mexico and Israel and all, all over. So, uh, yeah, had, had to do something and did something. Absolutely. Well, you know, the real people, the, the healthcare workers were actually taking the brunt of it. We just had to do what we could to help, eh? That sounds like a good philosophy for life. Had to do something and did something. Yeah, a duocracy. If everyone does something needs to be done it gets done you know (laughs) (laughs) so did you get did you manage to have a a rest lots of people were talking about the the first lockdown as being a as a reset or a rahui or something or or were you you frantic the whole time no my my first one was uh you know sort of 10 hour days most days six days a week uh, we were producing them for for a couple of months and just sending them out to any any healthcare worker or facility or almost anyone that was in that um, sort of workforce could send us a request and we sent them as many face shields as they needed. So we were we were just cranking and we we gave them away. It was you know um, we we wanted to get them in their hands and not worry about other stuff. Oh. So did did that come to an end? Did you did you come back down to earth when the when the pan, well, not when the pandemic was we, over, but when the first lockdown was over for us? That's right. So yeah, my my break was kind of actually when the when the first uh, bubbles were broken and we went back to everyday life. That was that was more of a breather for me because I kind of just went back to normal work hours. Uh, but the second lockdown was a lot, lot more restful for me. Did the so the Dunedin Winter Carnival? Did that happen? I was going to say last year, but it's the year before, isn't it? Did that happen in whatever year it was? Twenty, twenty. Counting on my fingers here, twenty twenty. Twenty twenty. Yeah. It, what we did was because of the time of year, we were out of level two, and we were going. We still had the. Uh, 100-person limits on gatherings. So what we did was we had a bit of an experimental year and we projection mapped the uh, civic chambers in the octagon and we played carnival movies. So uh, we have footage from our event going back, you know, 20-plus years and we put on a movie projected against one of the city buildings and we had people coming through in low numbers, but for several hours, so that we could keep everyone safe. But we were the first event of the year that was allowed to happen of any size. And we wanted to make sure that we still still had a community event that people could come to for free. It was pretty cool seeing the history of the the lanterns on the on on the the, the civic building. Was that um? Was it difficult choosing yeah. what to put up? Because there's there's so many there's so many different exciting things and giant whales and giant horses and giant sea creatures. 
That's right. So what we did for this is we gave ourselves a little bit of leeway because we wanted to play a longer video so that it, it wasn't just five minute loop. Uh, it was it was about twenty minutes, and yeah, it's it's always a struggle choosing what what footage goes into it. But by by giving ourselves a little bit more time and a little bit of breathing room, we could try and really dedicate certain parts of the video to the early days of the carnival versus the more recent bigger scale event that it's become, and, and just give some of that contrast, but show the the connections as well. Let's take the first of your music choices. Let's have Netherworld Dancing Toys for today. Why this one? <laughs> my uh, my father passed away earlier this year, and he was actually in um, a Netherworld Dancing Toys video way back in the day. And he he always enjoyed this song, and it was one we listened to together. So uh, just thought it was a, another wee moment to share with him. Remember your smile 
before about a duocracy and um, that just uh, it just sparked my imagination and I thought about the future of problem solving in in our world and gosh there are a lot of problems to solve how do we inspire our young people to start living that duocracy and how do we give them the space to, to let them so I'm a big believer in, in the stream topics. Uh, over the years, we've had STEM become STEAM when we included art. And I'm, I'm more of a proponent of stream, which includes the R for resourcing. So giving kids opportunities to find out what their minds are capable of. And, and one of the other projects I worked on um, years ago was uh, with Philippa Dick was setting up the Dunedin Digital Lending Library and that's now expanded into the South Otago Digital Lending Library as well. And this is all about giving kids at what schools free access to robotics kits, electronics kits, drone kits, uh, different types of um, problem solving and design challenges that schools can access for free in, in our cities. And I quite often talk about what I call the aha moments. So, you know, having, having a lot of fun with these topics, you don't necessarily have to have the kids understand it in that moment. As long as you're having fun and, and giving them an experience that they'll remember, it's quite often later where they might be sitting in a classroom or thinking about a, a challenge or a, some other um, aspect of life and suddenly they go aha they they make the connection back to an experience that you helped provide so it's not necessarily about trying to teach them too hard but also it's about giving them opportunities to just have experiences i believe quite strongly in experiential learning the idea that you do and you learn better by doing and trying and being in an environment where that's encouraged far more than you do in a here's a project let's tick the box you've done it kind of atmosphere it's uh you gotta you gotta see where their minds take them as much as you help lead them as well so it's a slightly looser philosophy and education in some ways but 
I, I think it gets uh, some amazing results. You were talking before about a digital lending library. How would we, yeah. how do we actually establish that? Like here in the Eastern Bay of Plenty, we're a really isolated, we have really isolated rural communities and we've got kids who, because of their isolation, develop the most extraordinary problem-solving skills. How do we enable mm. you with, with something like a digital lending library to, um, to bring those skills into, you know, problem-solving spaces for the future? So it, it's a it's an interesting challenge. We we were lucky being a, a slightly bigger city here in Dunedin that we had funding opportunities that we applied for. So in our instance, it was we we had the idea and had the the ability to apply it, and they helped us fund it. It was it was actually um chorus gig city funding that helped cover it in our case. But by no means do you have to have the flashiest of robotics kits and all all the expensive parts. The some of the best experiments we do with young people, and this is you know absolutely applicable with science teachers and technology teachers, can be as simple as taking a double A battery, a, a couple of paper clips, and a couple of magnets, and designing our own motors. And then using that as a way, and then uh, designing an experiment around it. So we know the basic idea that if we put a magnet on a certain spot and we attach a charge to it, we can make it spin just with the AA battery. But can we make it spin faster? Can we make it spin with more force? And suddenly you, you add an element to, here's the basics. Here's the bare minimum. What can you do with it? And... Just just providing, just being interested in what they're doing and doing it with them has far more of an impact than necessarily having the best equipment, I, I quite strongly feel. We've got in our, in our Christmas decorations pile now, we've got a, um, a lantern from this year's festival because it was red and had a red, okay. and, red and hearts. Which was made yep. mostly by us, but also by by our three year old. It's mm-hmm. always it's always been a big part of the the winter carnival that engagement that family engagement. It's it's not just a here is these here are these lanterns that some experts have made. This is something for people to get involved in. Has, has that been a conscious philosophy? Absolutely, yeah, hundred uh, percent. That that goes back a number of years. And, and it actually grew out of a um, almost a necessity. It wasn't just about including people, but it was to help grow the procession in the very early days. But very, very quickly, it was realised that actually this is a, just the best way to engage with the community and get them interested in it. And, and it evolved from there to being a very conscious part of our event where we are very aware of the fact that it's those families that come along and that remember the event are the ones that help share the story of the event and bring more people to it. We have people coming now who made lanterns when they were kids, now making lanterns with their own kids. And there's something just so incredibly special about that for a a community um, charity like us that we we wouldn't want to let it go. We, we might have some challenges this year 
we have to admit, but that's only going to be a temporary thing. It really is about keeping everyone involved. And I was going to say, the you, you managed to do the um, the light projection um, a couple of years ago now, in the first year of the, the pandemic. What's the what's the challenge planning for next year or this year when you don't know what what sort of environment you're going to be operating in? Yeah, that's that's exactly right. Uh, you kind of hit it on the the nail on the head on the first one. We're not sure yet. Uh, we are planning a couple of different versions of what we're going to do. But because of our event being completely open to the public, usually we suddenly have no um, ability to follow the vaccine passport system or any of those systems. It's too open to the public. When, and, you know, for legal reasons, we're not allowed to close off the city and make it ticketed, nor do we want to uh, do it in the city that way. Uh, at the moment, all we can do is plan a couple of different versions of it and wait a little bit longer to see what the environment is going to look like. And then we have to make a tough call and we will uh, decide on a version of it. But we, we have to be aware that this year is going to, or, yeah, this year is going to be a bit different than the others. Uh, hopefully we'll get back to our roots fairly quickly though. Do we have a theme for this year? Not that I'm talking about yet. <laughs> <laughs> but big plans. We've got plans. We've we've been talking. We we talk right from the moment that the last one ends. We start kind of putting a bit of thought under the next one right from then. And you know, we've got a really good team of people who have been working on it for years now and we we always try and bring fresh people in, but Having some of that continuity in the art and production teams really, uh, really helps get the next one going. But no, no, uh, no teasers yet. Sorry. Bubble sprite of the forest of Orakadui, Dunedin's favourite goddess, Tahu Mackenzie. Kia ora koutou, nā mihi aroha nui kia koutou ko I hope you're all having the best day, beautiful superstars. Wherever you are and whatever's happening around you, I really hope this journey that we're all on together is proving to be very rewarding, very sustaining and illuminating for you more and more each day. Who you are, a triumph of nature's art, perfect, unique and here, making things better. Thank you. Now I know that for all of us, as we find ourselves standing, living, breathing, being, seeing, doing, feeling, connecting in 2022, the year that dreams come true, so much has passed before us that we have all shared. And I want to say a huge thank you to Sam and the whole Blown Bubbles team for having me, that we're still here together sharing this experience speaking with one another all over the world and connecting in the midst of our shared global experience. Now I know that for so many of us we are understanding ourselves anew and appreciating and realising in each moment the gift that our life truly is. 
that we can feel and we can place value on so much that is fleeting when of course the concrete and the immediate begins and ends with each breath and what is our most precious it is our breath and if it were not for this breath now that we are breathing together of course we would be sharing things in quite a different way having lost some friends over the last year but still feeling them with me in my heart and guiding me each day and having had people that I love moving further away in the physical realm or living farther away in the physical realm I know that the understanding of shared experience can differ depending on where and who and how we are experiencing it however I still feel it shared so I hope that for you in this new year of 2022 the year that dreams come true shared experience can be a source of nurturance and nourishment for you I feel so lucky to really have the time at the moment to delve and dive deeply into the realm of details and behold and appreciate the beauty that surrounds me from the multi-hued feathers of my lovely companion hens to the vibrato purr of my absolutely glorious feline companions who seem to be able to purr polyphonically several notes at once which is such a gift and of course so healing and when we can allow ourselves to sink into the presence of our breath by breath and all that is encapsulated in that breath where we're choosing to focus our our sight, our smell, our, our tactile sensations, our attention, the gift of our attention in that window of time. So much can be revealed to us. So in the newness of this new year, I hope so much is appearing for you. I hope so much is unfolding and revealing itself to you. Most of all, of course, the beauty and majesty of yourself and I hope you're having time to rest and connect there, to find solace and stability within yourself and to appreciate how far you've come and how much you've achieved. I hope that you can also take the time to remember within each breath that you're never alone, that all life breathes as one and we can enjoy choosing each other to thank when we feel the time is right. And I thank you. Kakite. You're listening to Blowing Bubbles. We're talking with Kia Russell. Kia, your day job is owner and imagineer of Creative Critters Design. That's so cool being able to yeah. create a job title of imagineer. That's right. I, I, um, I read a book years ago when I was a young teenager and it was a uh, 
biography of a sorry, it's an autobiography of a man who died of cancer, but his role uh, for many many years was working at Disney as their Imagineer, helping develop uh, rides and, and different experiences for the kids. And we're talking, you know, in the in the eighties. And I just thought that was the greatest title of a job I ever heard in my life. I thought I need to do something like that, and then I have my business and I get to call myself what I want now. So the Imag- the Imagineer came before the business? It did, it did. Uh, the, the idea of it came before the business anyway. I've been, you know, designing and fabricating and, and doing research for years and years and then the opportunity to set up the business kind of landed in my lap and I grabbed it with both hands and just just doing the best I can with it these days. So what does Creative Critters do? So primarily we make furniture and other more specialist items for clients. So I have a giant CO2 laser cutter and we have all sorts of other, um, I've got stone working, leather working, plastics, glass, all, all, almost all media, and we fabricate the things that people can't get made somewhere else or that they just want one or two special items. They come to us and we design them something that will meet their needs. It, it's about designing to what they, what they want and what they need it to achieve. And yeah, giving and providing that. So, for an, everything from furniture, we're cutting out a brand new van at the moment for a client. We're doing some jewellery for a client. We really have a bit of a a mixed space, um, producing a lot of lampshades and uh, various other New Zealand designed pieces. Um, a bit broad, it might be said at the moment, but that comes with um, pivoting and, and dealing with COVID times as well and, and changing clients uh, and meeting uh, the needs of new markets as, as other clients tightened out, shall we say. I wasn't going to use the word pivot, but you did. Did you have to pivot <laughs> during the pandemic, your business? I did, yes, absolutely. Um so firstly, like producing the PPE, we did that very, very quickly. We converted the space to be a clean space and, and, and suitable for producing PPE. Uh, that wasn't so much a business decision, though. That was a humanitarian decision, if I suppose you'd say. So we, um, we did our first pivot then, but it was very quickly apparent that our clients were going to be different after the after the pandemic. So we did have to make some changes and provide some more services uh, and and some of those being slightly more generic services, just offering laser cutting for clients without any fabrication or anything. So yes, we absolutely did have to respond to the changing environment and uh, it is the nature of this, this age, I think. Are you? Is it a return to a business as usual, or is it a business as something else, a new normal? What are you looking for? It, it is at the moment a different business than, than how it started. Uh, so, 
producing slightly less of the specialist bits of furniture because uh, they're, they're tightening their belt a bit versus um, now doing some more of the more what I'd almost say is generic type work. Um, just having to deal with the, the changing landscape, basically, where there's slightly less of some of that more custom stuff coming in. Well, that's okay. We just have to make up for it at the other side by just offering services to clients as well. Let's squeeze in the second of your music choice choices. Let's have The Doors, The End. Why this one? Oh, this one, again, is one for my dad. We, uh, we drove everywhere to jobs, to hikes, to everything, listening to The Doors, and uh, it's just a, another one for him, really. Lost in a row 
Yeah, we've seen lots of changes in society over the the last couple of years. What do you think is going to stick? And perhaps more importantly, what do you hope will stick? Well, funnily enough, I think one of the best things on an odd tangent to come out of this is people being comfortable with face coverings, uh, especially if they end up with something other than COVID. Let's, let's think a little bit more broadly. And, and people who have general flu-like symptoms or colds or anything along those lines, I think it's quite a healthy attitude as a society to say, it's okay to have your, your face cover on. You're doing it to stop me catching it. And I think if if we continue to do that as a, as a sign of respect for others and, and our workplaces and possibly taking a few more sick days, I think that's probably going to have more of a positive effect than we might give it credit to. Uh, you see a lot of countries where it's more acceptable and they have better control on, on, on some of their diseases. Now, I'm not saying that it's going to cut out measles or anything, but if, if we can help... Uh, you know, reduce the number of people that get the flu every year, ultimately we're going to be better off. There is an opportunity for a face mask that doesn't actually cover your face visually. I know your big, the big is a Perspex, whatever it is, one is like a full full head mask, but just like for ordinary people, it'd be nice to be see, it'd be nice to see people's mouths again. Oh, absolutely, and I and I and I think when we get back to that stage, I, I look forward to it too. You see kids around who are not as uh, not around reading people's expressions like like they did, but I think uh, oh, who who doesn't want to not have them? It, it's more about having it acceptable when it's when it's sensible to wear them. I think uh, yeah, I, I look forward to a day where I don't have to put it on every time I go into a store as well, but. And it is what it is in the meantime. And yeah. remember, remember to put it on. Is that, is that, yes, remember, yes. remember to go out with yeah. it as well. Yeah. Oh, mine lives on my neck. It's uh, yeah. always yes. ready to go. I've, I've actually ended up using it slightly more often in my studio at times just to uh, deal with my, minor dust and, and whatnot as well in a, in a scenario where maybe I wasn't going to use it. So I think mine probably gets overused at the moment. <laughs> We've seen lots of responses, different responses by the government and the community to the, the pandemic. Do you think there are any lessons that we can take from that for the, the bigger sorts of challenges we face? I'm thinking of things like climate change, social justice, biodiversity. Can we take any positives from I that? Think what, yeah, I think what the most obvious thing is to see is where there's a will, there's a way. Uh, what we've seen is when there's political will as well as uh, community will, it's utterly incredible what we can achieve even with our small little team down here. 
uh, it's that synergy of what can happen when people agree about a problem and work on a solution towards it together in whatever capacity that they can. I think it was just, we, we've grown, well, I've grown up in a world where political impotence is, is rife in the world and to actually see some major shifts in the world and the community around us driven much as much by political decision as communities and, and people's willingness to um, embrace that, I think has just been absolutely mind-blowing to see what can actually be done compared to uh, anything I'd ever seen in my lifetime beforehand. Never seen more agreement on a topic and never seen more achieved over it. If we can... Oh, sorry, I've got a couple of trucks coming past me. If we can... Um, if we can remember that and know what it's like to have a problem and try and solve it together as a team, I think there'll be other problems that we beat in the future. It's just a, a matter of getting that political and social and community wills to align. And that, that therein lies the challenge. But we've seen the results of it, and I, for one, are in absolute awe of it. I have some questions to end the show with, and not very much time, so we shall have to rattle through them. What is the biggest success you've had in the last couple of years? Oh, uh, biggest success I've had was, I think, surviving COVID. I'm, I'm quite proud that the business managed to hang on, that I've managed to hang on, and we're starting to come back after some serious challenges and, and a real close call. Um, I'm quite proud that we managed to keep it going and yeah yes congratulations on that we are writing a book of these conversations it's called tomorrow's heroes it's our team of people doing good work so you are in that team what's your superpower <laughs> what's got you into the mansion what's got me into the mansion i have the ability to answer any inane question nothing of importance but something inane Ask me anything. That's that's what my superpower would be, just as a a balance to all the uh, other amazing people really doing something. I think. Do you consider yourself to be an activist? Uh, yeah, in some regards, absolutely, and in others less so. Um, I find a lot of the arguments that exist in the world to be disingenuous, and I think a lot of activism approaches a lot of these topics from a perspective that I don't think is necessarily beneficial to the cause. I believe in most, you know, I, I feel very, very strongly about these topics. Uh, I, I, attend, I have a tendency to often be in a minority opinion about how to approach solving problems. Uh, but that, that's the nature of living sometimes. You're, you're, <laughs> you're a bit different from the others. So what motivates you? What gets you out of bed in the morning? Oh, I love what I do. I, um, I get to design and create things from bits of flat material and, and I get to turn them into things that people will use and, and cherish or other things that people will wear for a lifetime. 
I get to meet interesting people. I get to talk to interesting people. I have my dream job, basically. I always am striving to improve it and, and refine it, but ultimately I'm incredibly lucky. A uh, bit of hard work and a whole lot of luck is, uh, yeah, keeps me getting out of bed every day. I love it. So what challenge are you looking forward to this year, for the new year? This year? Oh, well, I've, I've got a couple of new, new um, bits of designer furniture, I think would be the best way to describe it, that use some uh, scientific principles to work. I'm quite excited to get a couple of these pieces out just as interest pieces. Uh, and I'm looking forward to growing again. It's been, I've, I quite recently had a knee surgery and uh, everything since then has also been getting a lot easier. So I'm just looking forward to this trend continuing and doing what I need to to help it keep going that way, basically. And lastly, do you have any advice for our listeners? Do I have advice for the listeners? Listen, when, when you're, if you're having a debate with someone, the, the first thing that I like to do with people if I'm having a, a, a genuine debate, and I don't mean just arguing about something, but if you're trying to solve a problem with someone who has a different perspective to you, the first thing I try and do is articulate their argument to them just to see if I'm understanding their perspective properly. It's a sign of respect to show that you're hearing them, but it also, in my mind, in my, it helps to narrow down what actually the discussion is about because more often than not, people agree on things and it's, where the disagreements, it's identifying those disagreements and what caused those that really, I think, answers questions and solves problems. It's, uh, yeah, there we go. That, that sounds like great advice. Thank you for that. Mawera. Yeah, I was just thinking, um, you know, at the beginning of the pandemic last year uh, and there was that massive shortage of PPE and I knew quite a few people who were working in health settings who were really, really afraid. And then along comes someone like you who, while everyone else is sitting in front of their TV, is working their butt off to make sure that um, that people are safe. And I think that is an incredibly admirable thing that you did. And I just wanted to say thank you on behalf of everybody for giving peace of mind and uh, for the sacrifices that you made so that other people could feel safe. Oh, well, I appreciate the thought, but I think at the end of the day, they were the ones actually putting themselves at risk you know, it's uh, we just do what we can to help those those people. I think. Well, you do good work, and thank you for it. Oh well, thank you very much. I, I appreciate that. Cheers. And and thank you very much for joining us. No, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Uh, look forward to hearing this in the new year. See what you can find 
bridge, take her out for a meal. If a night is poor, just do what you feel. Speed along the lane, you go down or return to 25. When the sun goes down, you can make it, make it good and live by. When I threaten people, when I daddy, when I mean, we love everybody, but we do as we please. When the weather's fine, we go fishing or go sailing in the sea. Philosophy. Sing along with us, dee 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 dee. Da 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 da. Yeah, we're happy, happy. Da da da. Dee da da dee da 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 da. Da 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 da. Alright, 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 You've been listening to Blowing Bubbles, positive conversations with people in their bubbles, their safe spaces around the world. Brought to you by the Sustainable Lens Team, which is brought to you by Otago Polytechnic. We're broadcast on Otago Access Radio every weekday afternoon at 3 and streamed and podcast on oar.org.nz. You can find us on Facebook and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. We had a contribution today from Tahu McKenzie. This is Mungo Jerry in the summertime. I'm Samuel Mann in Sawyer's Bay, Dunedin, with Mawira Karatai in Fakatani, and coming to us from Creative Critters in Havisham, we've been joined by Kia Russell. That was Blowing Bubbles. We hope you enjoyed the show. This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand on the air.